Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is Amir, the Chicago crypto hustler, Bitcoin block buddy, coming to you once again with an early rising show of coffee and crypto in the AM live via Facebook, recording New Money Matrix podcast. This is Cyber Saturday. This is Cyber Saturday. Um, just going over around 10.30 a.m. Chicago Central Time. It is February 23rd, 2019. And we're going to be looking over a couple of different news stories and then heading right over into the market. Momentarily, let's just take a look at a broad view. As we can see, we got a mix. It's, it's a mixed crowd out there today. It's a mixed crowd. It's not entirely red. It's not entirely green. Um, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, all the Bitcoins right here are all down. Um, Ethereum up, trading at $147. Uh, Stellar's up. Ontology. Doge, surprisingly enough, is up 1.11%. Uh, ADA, XMR, which is uh, Monero. We got Neo, Neem, Bitcoin Gold. Bitcoin Gold still up 1.66% in all actuality. And then we come over here and we look at Maker. Maker is up 7%, trading at $683. I've been uh, shedding uh, a nice amount of light on this coin, this company, this platform, and what they have going on over there for about... I mean, I've been talking about Maker probably over a year now. Not as in-depth and as much as I have been doing over the past, I'm going to say maybe week and a half, two weeks. Because for the simple fact, when I first looked at it, it was just at a bro it was with a broad overview. I didn't really dive in deep and see exactly what they were doing over there with the DAO that they uh the DAO, which is the uh the decentralized autonomous organization, which is just means that that the organization, the movement is based on simple code and computer programming more so than human interaction. Human interaction comes secondary to the computer programming. Um, very interesting platforms. I like what they're doing over there with the DApps that they're building on top of the, uh, or within the DAO rather. Um, I mean, they're bringing, they're, they're bringing true sovereignty to the crypto space in a way that I believe it should be handled as far as allowing one to financially take care of themselves in an independent way. You know, bank, your, bank on your own, uh, loan your own. It's really a self-sufficient, uh, Decentralized financial system is really interesting if anybody takes the time out to watch any of the last couple of videos or podcasts that I did on MakerDAO and uh, Banking the Unbanked. So interesting to see that out of the market, they're up damn near almost to $700 uh, right now. But moving right along, getting into the first story, we got Forbes coming in. Um, and they're saying looking to invest in a reliable store of value. They're comparing gold versus Bitcoin, which is very, very, very interesting. This lets you know. Like I said, we have to always remember the fan base of the articles that we're reading. And we're looking at a Forbes right now, which the very first option or section on their list is billionaires. World's billionaires. Forbes 400. China's richest. Korea's richest. Thailand's richest. I mean, you go from billionaires and then you got stories like this that as of right now have 1,265 views. I wonder how many of these 1,000 or 1,200 plus are, are billionaires, you know, if only one. That you know, what I'm saying they read the article. So let's see exactly what they're saying. Um, as the fiscal position of the United States continues to deteriorate, at the same time that foreign countries are scaling back on their purchases of U.S. Treasuries, that was a uh, that was one hell of an opening to allow individuals on the inside and on the outside they could read between the lines, or not even read between the lines, just have a com common comprehension level of what they're speaking on as far as fiscal and United States and deteriorate. Um, fiscal is commerce. United States is the corporation. Deteriorate is down the hole. Uh, as the fiscal position of the United States continues to deteriorate at the same time that foreign countries are scaling back on their purchases of the United States treasuries, 
Many investors are rightly worried about where they can hide from a potential decline in the value of the dollar and are looking to invest in a reliable store of value. Now, this is very, very, very important when we look at the different cryptocurrencies that are available to us um, for many different reasons. Um, a store of value is something that will hold value and may increase or decrease in value. Not so much as the same definition of something that you use for as a means of exchange. The means of exchange will pretty much have a base rate, though it may decline over an amount of years, but the decline will be so much to whereas the effects are not seen immediately. Whereas gold one day could be 13. Let me see how much is gold right now. Let's take a look real quick. Because I want everyone to have a simple understanding and comprehension level of the difference between store of value and stability. They're two totally different things. And I don't want individuals to get it mixed up thinking I'm talking about one when I'm talking about the other. Um, let me see. Let's go to the charts. Take a look at gold real quick. Okay, let me put this over here on all. Here we go, gold. We could look at the gold versus the U.S. dollar. It really doesn't matter, though. So right now, gold is $1,328, right? This is a day chart. Just a week ago, it was $1,300. A couple of days ago, it was $1,340. So gold, as a means of exchange, we'll use it on a minor level, wouldn't be feasible to, to, to utilize if you're going to buy something such as a gallon of milk. Or, you know what I'm saying, a bag of chips every single day. Because what's, what you're going to see happen is that every day you're going to have to chip off if you are able to, which you're not. But you would have to chip off a different amount of gold depending on the price of gold. It fluctuates too much for it to be an actual means of exchange. Store of value, yes. Means of exchange, not so much or so easy when it comes to small purchases. You know what I mean? So that's where the stability of a base currency comes in. Whereas... Okay, this currency is going to look at it, be looked at as one denomination, even though the value of that denomination may itself fluctuate. The fluctuation is so much to whereas, like I said, you won't see the immediate, the immediate effects of it. So when we're looking at currencies, you have to understand and comprehend the difference between stores of values and stable coins or, you know what I'm saying, or stability. Rather, I don't want to just use stable coins because it, 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 go, it works in and outside of the world of crypto. But uh, anyways... They go on to say a store of value is an asset which can be stored and reliably retrieved at a later time with its purchasing power intact. Some investors seeking this protection prefer gold and some prefer Bitcoin. Some even prefer both gold and Bitcoin, which um definitely a smart move. Um, unlike the stock market, bonds and real estate, gold and Bitcoin share several features in common. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, let me see if we got any uh, comments, any questions. Give me one second, family. So we got checking in with us. Peace, 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 peace. How we doing out there? Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. How we doing out there, family? Okay. Um, moving right along. Um, unlike the stock market, bonds or real estate, gold and Bitcoin share some, uh, several features in common. Neither generates any income. Let me say that again. Neither generates any income. Both are perceived to exist in limited supply. Both are purchased by investors who are worried about depreciating fiat currencies. But as a store of value, gold is much more likely to be a superior option over the next 5 to 10 years for the following reasons. Um, number one is the properties. 
Gold is tangible, transportable, and can be purchased or sold anonymously. As a precious metal, gold has unique uh, properties due to its rarity, its durability, its fungibility, its beauty, its resistance to cor corrosion, its divisibility, and its malleability. Gold is easy to hide and store in a number of places, and it is, highly, it is a highly liquid asset. While the threat of gold theft certainly is a risk, losing one's gold is difficult, and losing one's gold to a hacker is impossible. Unlike gold, Bitcoin is not tangible, and for that reason, it can be sent across the world seamlessly and inexpensively. inexpensively. It can be purchased or sold anonymously through decentralized transactions that require no intermediary. Like gold, Bitcoin is also fungible and divisible. However, it is possible to lose one's Bitcoin by losing the private key of a Bitcoin storage address. Um, and I'm going to say this too. Uh, brother uh, Joshua Coleman... Uh, shared a post yesterday, and I'm talking about one of the realest, realest, realest Bitcoin posts I've ever heard, seen. I don't know where he got it from, if he downloaded it himself and uh, put that out there. But he said, if you can, and, and this is true, this is for anyone that can remember a number of things of any subject, whether you know the first the uh, starting lineup of the basketball or the football or, you know, this many stats about this, that, and the third. But he uh, put a post up that said, if you can remember the 12 disciples, you can remember your private keys, which is usually 12 to 16 words. And that hit me like, damn, that's that's hard because that's the truth. People talk about how all oh, it's hard and all oh, they give me all this random stuff. And you have to realize how much frivolous, frivolous, random shit we think or not think about. How much frivolous stuff we remember in our mind. I'm talking about to the T where you can spit it back. How, how many movies, you know, know, word for word for word, but you can't remember some private keys that hold the funds to your wealth. Uh -uh, I'm, not, I'm not agreeing with it. It's it's. Once again, it is the programming that we have been given to think about and remember that which is really of little importance and that which is of importance to think of it in a way that it's too hard or um, I'll never get that. Um, you know what I mean? Just just a mind state. It's all about mind state. Always remember. Um, let me see. Bitcoin can also be stolen by hackers, particularly if Bitcoin is sto stored in an exchange. Indeed, epic stories exist where Bitcoin holders have lost millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin due to uh, ineptitude or hackers or both. Let me see. I don't know what that word is. Um, Y'all already know how I do. If I see a word that I really don't comprehend, I am going to look it up and get a full, full, a partial, not full comprehension level of what the word is so that I know how I'm using it. Lack of skill or ability. Let me see. Ineptitude, ineptitude. Ah, okay. Ineptitude. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why I couldn't see that. So ineptitude is the word. Okay. So due to a lack of skill or of uh, ability, or hackers or both, basically saying that individuals and, and and what's crazy about that is I said that in I think two builds ago where I'm like a lot of individuals that say they got scammed or the stuff is doesn't work or it won't let them get their money comes from a due of la uh, due to the lack of knowledge that comes with actually being able to operate one of these decentralized wallets or self-sovereign banks. You know what I mean? To whereas you made a passphrase and one of the letters in the passphrase you may have not spelled the way you spelled or whatever. I mean, I did that in the beginning. I got a Dash wallet. Damn, was it Dash? No. I got a Burst wallet, which I don't even hear about Burst coin no more. I wonder what they're doing. Anyways, I got a Burst wallet that um, I had from back in 2007 that um, I totally, I guess I, I didn't write the passphrase down correctly as I thought I did. 
But yeah, I can't get in that thing no more. That money would be locked in there forever, for eternity. I'd never be able to get it out, which is cool with me. You know what I'm saying? It was a lesson learned. You know, we all look, well, I learned through trial and error. And that's the, that's the basis that I teach from. Not from what I've read or what I've studied, more so from what I've experienced. You know what I mean? So this is the burst coin um, over here on Polynex. But yeah, this is one of the coins that I got locked up in a wallet that, you know, it, it'll be there forever. Ain't no getting it out. Um, just recently, Gerald Cotton, CEO of Quadrix CX, died with the passwords to 115,000 investors worth of an estimated 140 million in cryptocurrencies. Yep. Um, and once again, that goes down to the fact that if you don't own your private keys, you don't own the crypto. Anytime you're on these exchange markets, you have to be knowledgeable of the fact that it's a chance that you will not be able to recover your funds. Just in the same fact and in the same sense, right, that even with gold. Even with money, if you put it in another hands, you will be susceptible or you will come under the rule of them not wanting to give you your gold back. So when we look at stories such as, and you be like, oh, that, that can't happen. If it's yours, they, they got to give it back to you. Uh, that ain't true. Let me see. Let me show you what's, what's going on in the world that we all may not be uh, privy to um, if you're not looking for it. Uh, here we go. Here's a story right here where the president of Venezuela was blocked from pulling $1.2 billion worth of gold from, United, from the United Kingdom. England got his gold. He came over there to get it. You know, they got some little power struggle going on right now between Venezuela and the U.S. And, you know, the U.S. has favor, I guess, in England. And I guess before Maduro went to go get his gold or the country's gold, the U.S. came in with like, hey, look, we not messing with dude. We don't honor him as the president. Yada, 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 yada. Um, in fact, let, let's get, I'll read a little bit of the story. Nicolas Maduro's embattled Venezuelan regime, desperate to hold on to the dwindling cash pile it has abroad, has stim, stymied, stymied in its bid to pull $1.2 billion worth of gold out of the Bank of England, according to people familiar with the matter. The Bank of England's decision to deny Maduro's officials' withdrawal request comes after top U.S. officials, including Secretary of State Michael Pompeo and National Security Advisor John Bolton, lobbied their United Kingdom counterparts to help cut off the regime from its overseas assets, according to one of the people who asked not to be identified. So this is this country's gold, or whatever, this is your gold, your money in the bank or whatever. You get into it with a ruling power or not even get into it with a ruling power. I mean, hell, if your money's in the bank and you lose your ID, you can't go get that shit out. Guaranteed. I don't care how much you feel that it's yours. Lose your ID and walk into that bank, Navy Federal, Chase, uh, TCF, whatever the case may be, and be like, yes, I'd like to make a withdrawal. They're going to ask you, okay, do you have ID? Nine times out of ten, if they don't, that's going against protocol. But don't have that piece of plastic with your name and face on it. They're not going to allow you to get any money out of there. I don't care how much you feel that it's yours. So, um, The same thing can happen both ways is just what I'm saying. Um, anyways... Um, and one could be voluntarily because if you know, if you don't know what a bank run is, you really need to uh, research that. You know, just real stuff. You need to research what a bank is and what fractional reserve banking is. Um, gold supply is okay. We're talking about a limited supply now. Gold supply is limited, supporting its role as a store of value. The worldwide supply of gold increases by about one point five percent each year. Gold's unique properties mentioned above make a gold make gold a superior store of value compared to other precious metals such as silver, palladium, and platinum. Gold has emerged as the clear winner store of value after thousands of years of competition against other commodity currencies. A futures market for gold exists, which increases the supply of paper gold. But futures can be settled with physical gold, limiting the extent to which the futures market can influence the physical gold price over the long term. 
Bitcoin supply increases are also limited in theory, but Bitcoin can be forked by dissatisfied Bitcoin developers. A fork is a point of divergence in the blockchain and at its most extreme can lead to a permanent split of one currency into two. Thus far, Bitcoin has begotten multiple children, including Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin Diamond, Bitcoin Green, um, Bitcoin Private, and other forks that could take place in the future. See, I the possibility of a series of future forks for Bitcoin itself. A seemingly endless supply of new cryptocurrencies has been launched in the last couple of years, any of which could eventually replace Bitcoin as investors' favorite cryptocurrency. Unlike gold, Bitcoin has not endured thousands of years of competition against other cryptocurrencies. Finally, a cash-settled futures market for Bitcoin has been launched, which means that a limited supply of fiat Bitcoin can be created by futures market participants. History and Stability Gold has been used as a store of value for thousands of years. Since Roman times, the purchases power of gold has been stable enough that people say an ounce of gold can always be used to purchase a, gold, a good suit. While one might argue about the definition of what a good suit is, the idea behind this adage is that the purchasing power of gold has remained constant over a long period. Barring discovery of an enormous deposit on Mars, wait, barring discovery of an enormous deposit on Mars, gold's purchasing power should not change significantly. Meanwhile, Bitcoin investors are, I don't know, uh, Bitcoin investors are for the most part invested in technological disruptions. Bitcoin investors are hoping for fantastic profits, expecting that Bitcoin will supplant gold and the U.S. dollar as the world's preeminent monetary asset. If Bitcoin bulls are correct, Bitcoin will indeed generate fantastic returns. However, this investment thesis makes Bitcoin a speculative asset rather than a store of value, which is why Bitcoin's price went up in, uh, went up in price by 1,331% in 2017, only to go down by 72% during 2018. So a gain of 113, I mean 1,000 plus percent, and then a loss of 72. Hmm. Uh, while Bitcoin might be a profitable investment in long term, Bitcoin's price is just too volatile to reliably serve as a store of value. Now, so the official the official uh, support. Central banks and governments across the world own gold as a reserve asset. Moreover, since the financial crisis, central banks and governments have been buying more gold in order to diversify their currency reserves and reduce their reliance upon the U.S. dollar as a reserve asset. Think about that. Central gold, central bank gold purchasing has accelerated recently, which suggests that the use of gold as a settlement asset among countries is likely to increase in coming years. If central banks are buying gold because they believe gold can serve as a store of value, why should investors act differently? Meanwhile, central banks and governments do not own any Bitcoin or any other decentralized cryptocurrency. Indeed, the Bitcoin bull case seems that Bitcoin usage will destroy central banks and the banking system. Because Bitcoin operates perfectly well without any central authority, even the IMF has acknowledged the crypto asset represents a potential threat to central bank money. In response, central banks have been considering the introduction of central bank-issued cryptocurrencies, such as FedCoin. It seems impossible that central banks would buy or hold cryptocurrency that central banks would not issue and control themselves. While Bitcoin may be an alternative op opportunity for some investors, it should not be considered a reliable store of value in your portfolio. With Bitcoin, you should only invest what you prepare to lose if the Bitcoin price should go to zero. If Bitcoin, if Bitcoin does not succeed in some planting gold as a store of value, Bitcoin is likely to have little to no value whatsoever. This warning alone prevents Bitcoin from being considered a store of value. Very interesting. 
Meanwhile, gold does not appear to be going anywhere right now except onto the vaults of foreign central banks. With the U.S. dollar likely to depreciate in the coming 5 to 10 years, interesting, the dollar-denominated gold price would likely appreciate accordingly. For multiple reasons, gold deserves a place as a reliable and liquid store of value in most people's investment portfolio. Um, so, very interesting views on both sides of the fence. Very interesting views on both sides of the fence. And when looked at just as a store of value in the sense of it having no function at all, I definitely agree with their assessment of it. But what you can't do with gold is send a cryptic message. Because, like, I, I mean, I've said this plenty of times that at the end of the day, humans give Bitcoin the monetary value that it has. But what it is able to do is send a message that is unhackable from one entity to another. To another. That one function, I believe, is more so important than you being able to trade it with somebody. You know what I mean? And it's within that code, that unhackable code, which is the blockchain, which it travels on, that I think really, really, really has the value or is where the value in this new tech is at. You know what I mean? The secrecy, the privacy. And I'm not talking about all oh, where they can see where it's coming from with the IP address and the address. I'm not talking. I'm, I'm talking about. When you send, I don't know if y'all realize that when you send uh, certain cryptocurrencies, you're able to put leave messages with that transaction because what you're really sending, remember, is a code. You really don't have to give me anything for me to send you BTC. You don't have to, like, this is what we got to comprehend. You don't have to pay somebody to send you BTC. BTC can be sent 100% free with a message attached to it. So, you know what I mean? Just think about that. But moving right along. Next story, Texas Crypto Fund unveils two new ways to value Bitcoin. Interesting segue. Um, in a paper published this week, Turo Demister's U.S. Crypto Fund, Admit Capital, suggests two new ways of determining the relative market value of Bitcoin. Um, one measures investment, investment sentiment. It's called Relative Unrealized Profit and Loss Ratio. Hodler Position Change, HPC, is perhaps more interesting. Admin finds HPC by measuring blockchain liveliness. They explain the concept as such, which is very interesting. Um, this, is, this is definitely a good follow-up uh, story. A blockchain... Okay, so they explain the concept as such. A blockchain where all the coins move within a single block has, that, has at that moment a liveliness of 100%. A blockchain of two years old with no new block rewards and where exactly one year ago all coins move within a single block and no transactions move since would have a liveliness of 50%. In other words, the measure fluctuates relative to the total lifespan of the blockchain. The tool assigns a lower value to cryptocurrencies where there is a high amount of pre-mined coins. Of these types of chains, the paper says, liveliness can be used to weigh market cap if comparing cryptocurrencies, as it will be close to zero for currencies that have inflated market cap through pre-mined coins or wash trading of the same few units. The actual value of cryptocurrencies is extremely difficult to measure. There are numerous factors to consider. What real value do HODLer coins have? And if human error destroyed it, is it an infinite, infinite, infinite value, no value at all, or somewhere in between? The blockchain can provide such data. Tools like admin's position change are necessary to help humans fill this gap in knowledge. And that's interesting they say that because how would one look at the uh, burst that I have lost in that wallet? Is it even worth anything since it's unattainable? You know what I mean? Definitely a very interesting view. Um, let me see. Coins move during price strikes. 
Adam's research makes some interesting conclusions, such as the fact that significant HODL coins, HODLer coins actually move around during price spikes. They dubbed this insider trading. They also found that Coinbase has a significant influence on their metrics writing. For example, one anomaly uh, in the graph is the recent negative position change of meaningful Bitcoin savings, December 2018. While at first sight, this is worrisome. We found evidence suggesting that a significant part of the move stems from Coinbase reshuffling around 5% of all Bitcoin in circulation. Large price movements meant large price movements meant new hodlers, they conclude. Could it be that coins moved to change address and stay there after a sale is made? This seems more likely than a mass of incoming traders and acquirers become uh, and acquirers becoming hodlers. The hodl mentality is not a universal one by any stretch. While many people view Bitcoin speculation as a long-term hedge, which is the view of adamant capital, plenty more into the market during times of extreme volatility with an eye towards buying and selling. And that's what I speak on many a time when I uh, talk about the um, inc- or the those that enter the market do- based off of the uh, based off greedy intentions. Meaning they see the prices shooting up. They don't want to miss any type of profit they may have had. Not knowing that you were really supposed to grab it while the price was down before it got to shooting up. Because by the time you're looking at it, it's always up around, you know, X amount. So you're really getting sold to when you're buying in and yada, yada, yada. But definitely um, definitely not to, be, not to be confused. But I definitely get what they're saying. Um, Admin believes they, were, they have meaningfully contributed to the valuation debate through the contribution of these new metrics. However, the market is still too nascent to truly value it. The liquidity of the market is a true question mark. It's literally impossible to sell the entire supply of Bitcoin. Yeah, okay. Well, that was it. Interesting article, I guess. Let me see. What do we got coming up next? Two companies use crypto to pay taxes in Ohio, the state treasurer says. Let's see. Let's see who's paying their taxes with crypto, which, I, which I, like I said, is an interesting um, factor when we look at this. Um, I mean, the facts that Nothing has ever been paid in, in you, the United States has never used anything to pay taxes other than essentially the Fed note um, or their own fiat currency in a sense. Um, two businesses in the United States state of Ohio have paid taxes with cryptocurrencies. State Treasurer Robert Sprague said in a forum on February 19th, Ohio became the first state to allow businesses to pay taxes with cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin in November of 2018. During a forum covering policy issues facing the state, Sprague said that the Treasury has only collected two receipts for tax payments using cryptocurrencies. He did not specify the specific amount of tax payment received through the cryptocurrency. With that, Sprague emphasized that the Ohio State Treasury does not manage cryptocurrency themselves, clarifying that they do not accept any other currency than the U.S. dollar. Hmm, interesting. The treasurer elaborated that crypto tax payments are conducted through a cryptocurrency platform, which simply facilitates the exchange from crypto to fiat. Hmm. We will never accept one or Remnibi. Oh, we will never accept, accept Ron, Remedy, or Franks or cryptocurrency or any other currency. You have to rely your... Hmm, interesting. Okay. You have to relive, relieve your debts to the state of Ohio... Interesting, interesting, interesting. And it definitely, definitely makes sense, family. Because, look, remember, the United States is a bankrupt corporation. Everything is prepaid. So you're not paying for anything. Remember that when you transact with a debt note, with a Federal Reserve note, with a dollar, United States dollar, cash, that is a debt note. 
All you are doing is giving an IOU from the government stating that it is going to pay back the entity, the um, controlling entity at a later date. And this debt note is proof of that IOU or proof of um, the money that's to be paid back. You're not purchasing anything when you're using dollars. So that, that makes more sense than them allowing you now to pay taxes with something that actually does have a value because you can't pay for anything in the United States. Rule number one, there is no money. There's no money in the U.S. Always remember that. You're not paying for anything. You are relieving your debt. Pay attention to the wordplay they're using, family. You have to relieve your debts to the state of Ohio with the U.S. dollar, which if you look at it, it says this note is to be used to... Pay all debts, public and private. That's all it's mean to use. That's all it's used for to pay the debt of something. So when you go to get a TV, when you go to get a meal, when you go to get a car, hell, whatever it is, if you utilize those debt notes, you are essentially obtaining an item that has already been paid for, prepaid for, right? Or given in advance of payment. To whereas, and that's why you don't really hold actually actual ownership of anything. And this goes from your car on down to the, the your your house. Whereas if you look at your, we'll use we'll use your vehicle for instance. What you receive for your vehicle is a title, but it's not a title. If you look at it, it states it is a certificate of title, not the actual title. Actual ownership is the MSO or the manufacturer's manufacturer's certificate of ownership. Which the state has. That's why the state can come and confiscate your vehicle and make you pay. It's two type of titles that are broken down in a trust. You have equity title, equitable title, and legal title. Equitable title is he who holds an equitable beneficial in the asset. So, um, not to get too, too uh, off topic, but definitely interesting. Um, that's what we're currently accepting. This platform just allows for that exchange basically before that debt is settled to the state of Ohio. Wow. Very interesting when you really know what they're saying. Sprague said that the Treasury is reviewing. It's been a lot. Excuse me, family. Sprague said that the Treasury is reviewing how the program might be expanded or curtailed and is, in the, and is investigating the potential counterparty risk with the vendor. Ohio has been actively trying to attract blockchain and cryptocurrency-related businesses to the state. When the state passed a law allowing businesses to pay taxes in crypto, then-state treasurer Josh Mandel said that the legislation plants a flag in Ohio in terms of national uh, cryptocurrency adoption. On February 21st, the County's Auditors Association of Ohio announced the formation of a working group to explore the benefits of blockchain in terms of real estate transactions and transfer of land titles across multiple counties. Interesting. In early December, Cointelegraph reported that Ohio-based funds plan on investing more than $300 million in blockchain startups through 2021, namely the startups developing blockchain applications for local businesses, government, welfare projects, and others. So... That man, that, that was one hell of a read. Um, definitely something that can be deciphered, broken down, and really, you know what I mean, looked at as as, as saying a mouthful. Um, moving right along to the next story. Let me see. Let me start closing these. Here we go. Um, busting myths about cryptocurrency custody. Definitely a, 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 a interesting read as we segue into the next story. Um, I've noticed some inaccuracies, and this is brought to you by Fortune. Um, I've noticed some inaccuracies popping up lately regarding how people are thinking about cryptocurrency custody and storage solutions. The discussion usually centers on hot 
versus code, which is what I've been asked uh, many a time about the difference. So we're going to get into the nitty gritty, meaning online, which is hot, versus offline, which is cold, storage or private keys, which are the private codes that allow you to transfer crypto assets. Remember, your private key essentially only allows you to transfer the asset. It, how do I say it? Your wallet in all actuality acts in the form of a trust where you are looked at, you can be looked at really as either beneficiary or the trustee of that trust to whereas the wallet actually owns it and you are able to control the asset that is within the trust being the currency, meaning you're able to transact it in and out of the trust or whatever the case may be. Um, but not getting too far off of a uh, concept. Uh, let's address these misconceptions one by one. Misconception number one, you can't trade crypto using funds in cold storage. This is inaccurate. Platforms like Custody, uh, Coinbase Custody, uh, full disclosure, this is my company's product, let you trade over the counter using delayed settlement. This means that you can trade while your funds are safely stored offline and they're only transferred once the trade, trade is executed. Interesting. Misconceptions number two, you can't stake or earn interest on funds in your cold storage. This is also not accurate. Many different models for staking and alternative to energy intensified mining for, crypt for securing blockchains are being developed. For instances with Tezos, one major cryptocurrency project, you can delegate your funds in cold storage to a baker and earn interest. The baker, which acts as the staking equivalent of a miner in a Bitcoin example, keeps a smaller percentage of funds online. Those that don't need to be customer fund, those don't need to be customer funds. Um, in other words, customer funds are kept safely offline, but are still fully able to participate in the network, earning a yield for the customer, almost like derivatives. Uh, other staking models that require hot funds may emerge, but many that are being developed utilize delegation. Smart contracts with whitelisted withdrawal addresses and other features to mitigate the need for a hot wallet. Examples of these include Cosmos and Decred. While these two, while these last two projects are very still very much in their development phases, the technology shows promise, and I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. The delegated approach is a good idea, generally as it will help improve the security of staking. By the way, if you are an asset issuer developing a staking model, my team would love to chat with you. Uh, so they're they putting it out there. Come, if you know what I'm saying, if you got something going on, come on, go holler at them. Um, misconception number three, cold storage means relying on a single authorized user who could lose funds. The number of key holders in hot versus cold storage are unrelated concepts. You could have a single key holder whether funds are hot or cold. A well-designed crypto custody solution does not rely on any single person. Instead, it utilizes multiple keys to achieve consensus and redundancy. The larger the transaction, the more parties need to consent. This is really just scratching the surface of a well-designed custody solution. A well-tested disaster recovery program should contemplate natural disasters, malicious insiders, supply chain attacks, and etc. Misconception number four. Hardware security models, or HSMs, are just as good as cold storage. Hmm. HSMs are a great tool in security. I'm a big fan of them, and Coinbase uses them in parts of our architecture. When used correctly, they can come close to, but not match, the security offered by cold storage. Air gapping uh, your private keys in cold storage means fully disconnecting them from the internet, such that a remote attacker can't access them without physical attack as well. This additional manual step introduces a nice guarantee that it is not just software protecting your money. In theory, any software can be hacked, even if it is unlikely. 
So, hot versus cold trade-offs. Both hot and cold storage play an important role in this industry, and we intend to continue offering both solutions to customers. They each have different trade-offs, and one is not inherently better than the other. Hot storage is best when customers need real-time access to funds, measured in minutes or seconds. In exchange for this, there is some additional security risk, which can be mitigated in keeping funds live on the Internet. Cold storage is best when security is paramount, typically when storing larger amounts. As I mentioned above, you still trade in, you can still trade and stake funds in cold storage, but the price you pay is that it takes time to withdraw funds if typically measured in hours. Depending on how difficult you want to make the withdrawal of funds, that may, be a, uh, that may be a pro, not a con. So what's the middle path? One of the questions I like to think about is security. How many things can go wrong before funds are at risk? In an ideal system, there are multiple layers of security, so almost everything can go wrong yet the funds remain safe. With hot stores, there are a lot of details you need to get right to keep the funds safe. Is it possible to get all those details right? Yes, and I'm comfortable using hot stores for reasonable amounts. Insurance can add an extra layer of protection. Do I want to bet my entire business on all those details being right indefinitely? Probably not. For these reasons, I think customers will choose, I mean, will want the choice, choice of having both cold and hot storage of crypto funds for some time to come. <laughs> Customers should use the right tool for the right job. The crypto space keeps evolving quickly, and architectures will continue to evolve along with it. We're excited to continue building a strong foundation on which to build a more open financial system. Very interesting uh, story when you break down the difference between hot and cold, online and offline. Now, we're going to go and we're going to revisit a wallet that I've shared many times. And this is the Samurai wallet, which is only, peep this, it's only a mobile wallet, but... Add, as an added feature, and you know, just as it being heralded as one of the top security wallets, even Andrew Antonopoulos has spoken on um, the severity of the security of this wallet. Um, you really need to go check out his uh, video. Um, and this is the modern Bitcoin wallet, hand forged to keep your funds private and your identity masked. Um, this is, I mean, I, I, I got a full review on this wallet uh, in and of itself, but. What I wanted to show you is that they offer full offline mode. Bypass data network limitations and restrictions with full offline wallet support. Let's see what they got going on. Transaction is a standby. Samurai wallet is in offline mode. So I guess they're showing how transactions are uh, utilized and done. Ah, they're sending it via SMS. Samurai stages in .005, the black flower. And that was their uh, pay name. When you utilize Samurai, you're given a pay name, which is like a name that individuals can use to uh, stem the funds to you versus having to use your, uh, your public key. Um, data not required. You don't need a network connection to start using Bitcoin. Samurai works under any network conditions. This is an, this is an attractive option for those interested in creating ultra-secure store, cold storage systems as well as those under hostile or cost-prohibitive network conditions. It goes on to say, Samurai is able to seamlessly switch between online and offline mode, depending on the status of the network connection on the device. Install Samurai on a device without a data connection to set up a fully offline wallet. Offline walls provide the ultimate in secure storage, as the private keys are never exposed to a device with an active network connection. An offline storage mechanism is a requirement of any secure storage cold, uh, cold storage setup. If you have access to a second network device, 
Use our companion app, Sentinel, to easily manage your offline wallet without security loss or exposing your private keys. Offline broadcast. Broadcast transactions to the Bitcoin network by SMS, which is a text message, or mesh network. Bypass network limitations with multiple offline sending methods. SMS broadcasts use your open source format to broadcast transactions through standard SMS messages. Um, bro- mesh broadcast extends our open source format to support the Go Tenor Mesh network, which I have to just um, do a more of a build to actually understand exactly what that is, because I myself am not um, fully comprehensible of it. So now we got through most of the stories. I wanted to make one stop before we get over to the price action, and that is actually taking a look. Now this is from this is from Illinois, um, and. This is the digital currency regulatory guidance. I found this looking through my uh, Google Drive, looking at a lot of my uh, hold on, looking at a lot of my, my my PDFs that I had, and I forgot. You know, I man, I downloaded this and, and printed this out and was walking around with this maybe two years ago when I first got into cryptocurrency. Because like I say, I always like to do my due diligence on something and actually figure out what's going on with this. So this is the digital currency regulatory guidance. From Illinois, Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation, characteristics of digital currency, application of transmitters of money, act or the TOMA, this is something you want to be uh, familiar with, family, regulatory treatment of digital currencies, permissible investments, net worth, third-party payment uh, processors. But it's, it's just it's one thing that I want to go over within this, something that they touched on. That I've spoken on many a time, and this actually landed more validity to what I said at the time that this was released. Now, since then, since 2017, a lot has changed in 2019. So this may have been rewritten or reworded. I need to go look and see if they have an updated one. But when we go to... Now, number one, they're telling you what the difference is between digital currency. You got legal tender versus non-legal tender. Centralized versus decentralized, right? Now... When they get into the Transmitters of Money Act, right, and the application of Transmitters of Money Act, for clarity and consistency, this guidance is focused on money transmissions activities involving digital currencies using the following definition of digital currency. Um, and just real quick, a digital representation of value that, one, is used as a medium of exchange, unit of account, or store of value, two, is not legal tender, whether denominated in legal tender, and B, does not include software error protocol governing transfer of a digital representation of value to a transaction in which a merchant grants value as part of an affinity or rewards program, which value cannot be taken from an exchange with the merchant for cash or bank credit, or a digital representation of value used exclusively with an online game, uh, game platform. Now, when we get into what they allow to be considered um, under this act, uh, I was reading it. Where was it? it? I'm like, okay, this right here is exactly what I've been looking for. And they, they hit it right on, on point. Ah, here we go. So, accordingly, although digital currencies are a digital representation of value that is used as a medium of exchange, store of value, or unit of account. Now, remember, this is prior to 2019 and the laws that have come out. They are not considered money for the purpose of the Transmission of Money Act as digital currencies have not been authorized or adopted by a domestic or foreign government as part of its currency. Now, pay attention to this. A person 
which is still, remember the definition of person in uh, 27 CFR 7211. Hold on. Let's go back over that real quick. 27 CFR 7211. Definition of a person. Remember, family, we're not always speaking about human beings like you and I, living flesh and blood. A person, as explained in the uh, the um, Code of Federal Regulations, 27 CFR 7211, um, a person is described or defined, not even described, defined as an individual, a trust. So anytime you see the word individual, you mean the same thing. A trust in a state. A partnership, association, company, or corporation. Once again, this is the definition of the word person. So we go back and we read. A person or entity engaged in the transmission of solely digital currencies as defined would not be required to obtain a license. However, should transmissions of digital currencies involve money... Any transaction, that transaction may be considered money transmission depending on how the transaction is organized. So it's minimum contact. It's minimum contact. If you allow that digital currency to come in contact with a Federal Reserve note, then yes, you're within their jurisdiction. And you, you now put yourself in the private, uh, in the private, I mean, excuse me, in the public capacity. Whereas where you were doing currency for currency, you know, or, or service for currency and then not turning that currency back into a Fed note or a bank note. You're, 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 you're outside of the scope. So, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, that's good. We just, just crossed over 44 minutes on the New Money Matrix podcast. Um, had, had very nice... Okay, here we go. <whistles> Whoo! Look at that jump, family. Within the last hour, look at the jump. EOS at 404. Ethereum at 154. Ripple up. Bit um, maker at seven hundred dollars. Family LTC at fifty bucks. We just within the time we started this live feed, family. We've had an X amount of jump. Bitcoin passed surpassing four thousand bucks. How we doing out there, family? This is what I'm talking about. This a hey, this right here is what makes the uh, space exciting. How we doing? How we doing? Peace, everybody. Peace. I, I apologize for those I wasn't speaking to. Y'all already know when I uh when I be reading and everything. Uh, I'm not able to see your comments or questions or anything. Uh, nobody knows how much gold there truly is in the world and what is in supply from what they've mined. Also, the thing about gold is just a rock out of the ground. I mean, you're able to utilize it. Ethereum is running. Encrypted message. Wow, it sure is. Good stuff, man. Your maker is moving. Hey, maker, I'm telling y'all, it's one of them. Man, hey, EOS. <clears throat> what the? Hey, hold on. Y'all got to give me a second. Y'all got to give me a second because I definitely got to uh, check on EOS real quick. Um... Yeah, let me go ahead and check on EOS real quick, family. Man, do we got any comments and questions right now? Moving along. Do we have any comments or questions right now? Moving along. Let it be known now. Let it be known now. Let it be known now. Any comments or questions, family? Let me see. Let me check something. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. This is... This is... Hey. I, 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 it was crazy. I just shared uh, today <laughs> one of my old... Uh, yep. Nice spike. Very nice spike within the last couple of minutes. And it's just happened within the last couple of minutes. I'm looking at a five-minute chart right now. Even though y'all can't see it, I'm looking at a five-minute chart. Very nice spike within the last couple of minutes. There we go. Let me get on that. Hold on, family. I'm about to come right back over there in one second. I'm about to come right back over there in one second. So yeah, we're seeing some very nice uh 
Very, very, very nice volatility play out. Very nice volatility play out. This is, this is it. Yep. This is what we be liking, family. This is it. Let's see. Uh, just because I know I'm not going to be able to watch this, I think I'm going to set a stop limit. Let's see. I mean, this thing could keep going, though. I mean, we, we probably moving. It's, it's probably moving from here on in, family. We probably got a nice, uh, very nice move to the upside coming. In fact, that's what I'll do. Let me see. If I do 395, 44, what did that give me? Hmm. Nah, we'll rock with it. We'll rock with it. I'm looking. I'm looking more so at the long term right now. Uh, loving my BTC and ETH. Bet I bought in earlier and my EOS. Okay, we got. Hey, that's what I'm talking about, fam. We got people in profit right now. We got people in profit. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Let's see what's just just happened. Look, these are the top ten coins. We've got green markets all across the board. We've got green markets all across the board. Looking very nice right now. Looking very nice right now. Let's see. Let's look at all my top trading uh, coins. Uh, I got Ethereum, Binance Coin, uh, LTC, EOS, of course, XLM, Tron, and MPXS, which is currently down versus Ethereum. Nice retracement. Uh, let's take a look at MPXS real quick. Let's see what type of retracement we have as of right now. In fact, let's do micro and macro. Let's do micro and macro on MPXS real quick. So let's see. I can guarantee we came up and broke through. Oh, man, this thing. I mean, this is lovely when you look at the retracement on this. What kind of, come on now, what type of retracement could you want possibly from the downside? So peep this first, right? First thing I want you to look, pay attention to. Look, 61. I, I, 61. I knew it was a full retracement. 61%. So your normal levels of retracement. I mean, look what it gave us. We came down. We found our bottom. I'm talking about we, we obliterated every possibility. Normal levels of retracement, 38 and 61. We blew through every single one and then played within. Look at, look at the range we played within before breaking back down. Now, we may, may be on our way back down to the uh, 23, uh, 236, which nothing's wrong with that. I mean, look what it gave us. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see what MPX has. 125% in 22 days. How could you be mad at that? Beautiful. Now, let's look at the micro, right? Ha! <laughs> hey, as above, so below, right? As above, so below, right? So check this out. Just in the same way, in the downtrend, in our retracement back up, it gave us between 38 and 61. In between that, within that, just like you, just like on the celestial body is the earth, you are the cells and the moving little pieces on the earth that are so small you can't see it. Just like the cells in your body, macro to micro, the, the cells within your body are moving around in these little cities and whatnot. It's the same exact thing. So check this out. Same retracement. Swing low. We had a swing high to a swing low, retracement to 61, between 38 and 61. Now we got a swing low to a swing high. Look at your retracement level right here. Look at this. Look at this retracement right here. 38, 61. You're headed towards your 61 right now. Same exact thing. Very beautiful. Between 38 and 61. Now, 61 is at 427. 
if you are not able to bounce off of this, this right here should be your last entry or you should be using this as a basis of a stop limit if you enter before it. Um, once again, let me put this out there first and foremost. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a financial advisor. I cannot give financial advice. I'm not a tax advisor. I'm not a tax advisor. I cannot give tax advice. I'm just a guy who's sharing his know-how on cryptocurrency. This is to be used as only entertainment purposes, family. Now, let's move right along. Let's go ahead and take a look at the top, top, uh, let's take a look at the top runners, family. Definitely love, definitely love the amount of, ain't no way this thing up 106%. Knock it off. Hold on. Something's wrong over here. Ha! They say anything is up 106% within the last 24 hours. Why is it? Hmm. Let me see. That's not right. Let's look. Let me let me let me figure. Let me try something else because that's definitely not right. Let's see what Crypto Compare tells us. There we go. Ethereum up 5.14%. I don't know what's going on with Live Coin Watch. Let's see. Ah, oh, you know what though? Hold on. Let's see. Ha, huh, there we go. Not bad on Coin360. So right now we got a total market cap of $134,514,533,779. Coming in at number one, we got Big Bang Hank trading at $4,011.14, up 1.04% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number two, we got Ethereum trading at $155, $155 right now up 5.77% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number three, we got Ripple trading at $32, I mean $0.32. Cents. Up 0.54% within the last 24 hours. Coming in number four, we got EO trading at $4.03, up 4.32 within the last 24 hours. Coming in number five, we got LTC trading at $50.71, up 3.45% within the last 24. Coming in number six, we got Bitcoin Cash trading at $147, up 4.43% within the last 24 hours. Coming in number seven, we got Tether. USDT, which is the cryptocurrency equivalent to the United States dollar, um, it's trading at a dollar down 0.6% within the last 24. Coming in at number eight, we got Stellar Lumens up 1.81% within the last 24, trading at nine cents. Coming in at number nine, we got Tron trading at two cents, up right now 2.28%. Now, coming in at a loss right now, Binance Coin, because you're probably seeing an X amount of money leaving out of Binance and going into Bitcoin, trading at $10.58, down 1.2% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number 11, we got ADA. Cardano trading at four cent up 2.8 percent within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number 12, we got Bitcoin SV trading at 66 dollars and 73 cent down 0.2 percent within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number 13, we got Monero trading at 52 dollars and 61 cent. Right now, Monero is up 2.6 percent within the last 24. Coming in at number 14, we got IOTA trading at 30 cent. Right now, it's up 2.69 percent within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number 15, we got Dash trading at 85 dollars and 61 cent up 6.68 within the last 24. Wow, look at Neo. Neo right now exploding, up 6.87% within the last 24, trading at $9.33. Coming in at number 17, we got ETC, Ethereum Classic, trading at $4.77, up 2.07% within the last 24 hours. Coming in at number 18, Family Maker. I mean, I can't put, it, I can't put any more emphasis on this coin than I have. Up 9.92% right now within the last 24 hours, trading at $6.99. Coming in at number 19, we have Neem, trading... Trading at four cent, up seven point fourteen percent. Family, look what um, look at number twenty. Look what the hell just came out of nowhere, up sixty eight percent. I don't know if this is a folly. I don't know if this is a, is an accident. Paragon trading at two dollars and forty eight cent. Let's see. Let, hold on, hold on. Let's see. If that's the top twenty, hold on real quick. 
If Paragon then muscled its way up to the top 20, something's definitely going on with that coin. Okay, it's not over here. Hmm. Let me see what's going on here. Hold on. Let's see. Let's, let's see if it's on. Okay, so now nah, something. Man, something's wrong with these algorithms today. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So still at number twenty, we got Zcash ready to get fifty-four dollars in uh. Now Ontology. Ontology's definitely been on a nice run, up fifteen point fifty-four percent. Ontology on a very nice run right now, trading at ninety-two cent. So, family, that is your top 20 coins in the market. Let's take a look at the top 100. <laughs> Safecoin coming in at number 68, trading at $1.75. Only a 24-hour volume of 841%. I mean, 841,000, not that much. Up 106%, though. Uh, coming in at number 2, Ontology, up 15.54%, trading at $0.92. Cent. Coming in at number 3, Quash, up 12.98%, trading at $0.11. Cent. Coming in at number 73, Aurora, um... Up 11.14%. Right now trading at less than a penny. Uh, Qtum coming in. Uh, what is that? Number 5. $2.32 up 8.9%. Coming in at number 6, you have Biter trading at $0.10 cent, up 8.9%. Coming in at number 7, you got Maker trading at $709. Wow, up 8.58%. Um, Project Pat. No, Project Pay. Uh, yeah, Project Pay, excuse me. Uh, coming in at number 8, up. 8.38% trading at 3 cents. Then you got Nexo, Electronium, BitShares, Icon, GX, and ALF. Family, that is your top 20 coins, your biggest gainers. Let's look at the, take a look at the biggest losers. You got Odom, Revane, Siacoin, VeChain, PundiX, Waves, Hubby Token, Crypto.com, Binance Coin, Holo, Decentraland, Crypto, Insight Chain, TrueUSD, IOST, Paxos, Stasis, Stasis, uh, Tezos, Factum, Wax, Gemini, Dollar, Tether. You got all the, all, then all the stable coins down. Now, I'm going to tell y'all what the big difference is here and what you should be looking at. A lot of you will be looking at this. Uh, no, let me not say a lot of you. A lot of newbies will be looking at this right here. Everything that's running right now. Oh, I want to go buy some of this. This is what's up right now. Let me go buy some of what's up right now. I didn't know you buy green and then sell red. I thought the name of the game was to look for that which gives you a chance to get in before it turns green, right? And then profit off of that. So which list should we be looking at, family? This list? Being the uh, everything that's down right now? Everything that's in the negative? That's that which is in the red? Or everything that's being pumped right now? What would you rather buy in? That which is being pumped? Or that which is, that which is down? Right? Now, um, let me see if we got any, any questions, anything right now. We are going on. Let me see how much time we got left on the New Money Matrix podcast. Oh, we there. We got two minutes left, family. We got two minutes left on the New Money Matrix podcast. That was one hell of a show. I want to thank everybody that did tune in, those that are listening. Um, for those that are watching right now, I'm going to continue. Uh, we can do a little bit of chart analysis if you so choose. But for the New Money Matrix podcast, Cyber Saturdays, Cyber Saturdays I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Until the next podcast, this is the Mayor of Chicago Crypto Hustler, Bitcoin Block Bully. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. I am out of here.